Aristotle said you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Staley in English show featuring Coach Kurtz. I'm your man, Coach English, here with Coach Staley and Coach Kurtz coming out of Mexico City. How's yeah, life down yeah. in Mexico? sounds great man um are you gonna be at work tomorrow yeah i'm on the red eye I'm on, that's the plan okay i expect you to be at work because i'm if i if i have to do duty by myself um i'm gonna put a letter in your box <laughs> that sounded <laughs> kind of selfish there yo first and foremost you know at hartsville we're not that selfish yeah that's why i don't have a strength coach but like i was saying <laughs> um micah I'm proud of you. I live vicariously through you. Bring me a little bit of Mexican um, soil back when you come back. Because I've, I've never been to Mexico. So um, my wife goes on girl trips and doesn't include me. But that's, that's why it's called a girl trip. I've never, I've not, you know what? You know, Coach English, we're not going to do this, this show. I'm we're just not, saying. It's, we're we're going to have to do a, a Staley and English uh, show. From, from the road. Table. Casey at uh, uh, the podcast trip. I understand, I understand. And um, <laughs> we do that. But as always, you know, God is good. You know, we've been another busy week. I've been ripping and running this weekend. We actually got started with um, two regular season games down in um, Evans High School, right outside of Augusta, Georgia. So we really appreciate them inviting us out. And a um, few things to run my mind, ran across my mind. I think Brad Stevens might be. The second best coach in the NBA. I'm not giving him the best yet because my man Popovich is still in the league. Pop is still the GOAT in my eyes. And I also feel that Duke might be might be a legit number one. You know, a lot of times preseason rankings are a little outrageous. But I think Duke might be a legit number one. Those guys look really good. And it looks like Coach K has a strong hold over, them, over his team. Celtics are. I mean, that's they 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 got they can switch on everything and really not have any real matchup issues except think, with the uh, Kyrie, really. But I mean, yeah. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown and Tatum have been impressive. So I think the Cavs are in trouble. I'm not gonna go that far yet. I'm not. I'm not gonna say they're in trouble yet because Isaiah Thomas isn't back, and as we can remember, Isaiah Thomas was just a couple of point point. Um, Couple of points from being MVP itself. So I mean, like, it, it, but if you think about it, like, how much really is I know if he comes back as the same player, they're saying that they don't know what this injury is going to do for him coming back. He'll be the same player. I yeah, said he'll be the same player. I'm still, I'm still not counting LeBron out at all. Right, for sure. right. I'm definitely not going to count LeBron out. They don't care if they're the three seed or not. They're, they're right. Right, they're still trying to figure some things out. They got some new guys. They got Jameson Crowder. You got to remember, go. Um, the Celtics only plugged in one new guy and a rookie. Cleveland has plugged in multiple new guys. Dwayne Wade, Jameson Crowder, Isaiah Thomas is still is still out. So they they having a um, uh, Jose Calderon, a good bit of new guys just trying to figure things out. But is it me? Is it me or do Crowder and D Wade both look like they? Eight years over this offseason. Oh man, they you know they look Crowder can't find his groove right now, so he's looking really um 
stressed, you know, because like with, with Boston, be a tough defender, hit the um open three and, and rebound like a maniac from the small um power forward position. But, you know, they can't get it. And Dwayne Wade, you know, Dwayne Wade has a very high basketball IQ and he's frustrated right now. He has a very high basketball IQ and he can't, he feels like, look, we got talent. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas isn't playing, but it still shouldn't be this difficult. But with that being said, looking at the Cavs' last couple of games, I think they're finding their groove now. I think. For sure. I think, because by fact, Michael, you went to the game when they played in Charlotte. So I think, I think they're finding their groove a little bit. So I don't, I'm not. Like I said, I think Brad Stevens is is a is is the second best coach in the NBA, only by um respect to Popovich. Popovich is still a man, and um he's getting so much out of that team because they they don't have a great bench and Kyrie is just really his mindset has changed. He's playing like a very mature point guard, and I think that has a lot to do with um Brad Stevens really um getting the most out of him. And it's gonna be interesting to see how it play out because I think um Milwaukee will get better once um. Once Jabari Parker get back, it's, it's the East is going to be a little bit more interesting than it has been in the past. But I, I'm sure. I'm still not counting out um my man Bron Bron. Well, I will say this: I I didn't think it was a good move at first for Kyrie to want to get out of Cleveland, but now seeing the maturation of him and in, in a new uniform and he's making a lot better decisions with the ball in his hands. I, I it it seems to have been what was best for him. And I think sometimes when we on the outside are looking in, we don't understand why people are doing what they're doing. And, hey, maybe there was something to what he was saying. Um, but I tell you what, it's working for him. He's, he's definitely yeah, I, a better player. I think we can't blame, no one can blame the fact that we all question the move because you left winning. See, as coach, like we keep it simple as coaches. You know, winning is the most important thing. But Kyrie knew what he was doing. But let's go ahead and get this show cranked off. Today's topic is a very interesting one. Um... How do we create leaders as coaches? How do we create leaders as coaches? Um, I'm a strong believer in, yes, some leaders are born, but I also believe just as strongly that you can help develop and create leaders. Um, Micah, I'm going to let you get us cranked up on that with your thoughts, brother. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we talk about it all the time. Our duties as, as coaches is not just to win games. I think if you're a... If you're really trying to be the, the best coach and role model and a 360 coach, I mean, one of our duties is to try and help develop leaders. Not only will that help our teams, but that will help our, our athletes in the future once they leave us. So um, so how do, we, how do we do that? That's obviously a very, uh, if we all had the answer, I mean, it, it'd be easy. So it, there's no one way to create leaders. Um, I think... That a lot of kids, some kids are naturally born with it, that that lead um, easier. But I think it can be instilled in them as well. And I think one way that we as coaches can really um, empower our athletes to step up and be leaders is, and, and I talk about, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, is is really it's all about that relationship and that trust level with those kids. And so if, if you can really really figure out what makes them tick and really get them to believe in you then when you're talking to them about hey I need you I, I, you're, you're, you're one of the hardest workers on the team you're a great you're a great practice player you do a great job in the game now I need you to step up and be a little bit more of a vocal leader and if they if they believe in you I think those words coming from a coach that believes in them is going to go a long ways and, and, and it's going to help them really really try and to, to be more of a leader, and then the, and then the other thing is really, um, really giving your athletes t- taking a step back sometimes, and giving your athletes empowering them with some ownership on the team, so that it's not just you as the coach saying I'm the coach, you guys do what I say, you guys are the players. No, now we now we have a collaborative process where you're taking a step back a little bit as the coach and empowering your your athletes to have some decision-making power and and that I think ultimately that's going to help cultivate some leadership skills in your athletes no doubt no doubt and um I I so much agree with that I like how you said um sometimes you got to step back but you also if you pay attention close to what you said you learn you step back once those players know how much you believe and how much you trust them Um, so it is a process 
I believe a stickler for me is um, holding your young people accountable, holding your, your student athletes or your athletes accountable. When you hold them accountable, that forces like that first step of leadership for anyone, which is getting people to know how to lead themselves. Because if you can't be a person to know how to make the right decision on your own and lead yourself, you definitely can't lead other people. So as coaches, holding our student athletes accountable can be taxing at times because sometimes you're going to have that hard-headed kid that just wants to do it their way or wants to skip out or wants to um, not touch the line when you say run those sprints or doesn't want to do that squat with the exact detail that Coach Kurtz told them to do it with in the weight room. But you got to hold them accountable on everything. And when you hold them accountable, believe it or not, that's a form of believing in them because you're letting them know, I know you can do it right. And and it forces them to, to, to go into a mindset of, you know what, I'm going to do it right even when no one is looking. And before you know it, you have leaders that are um, making sound, conscious decisions, not just for other people, but for themselves, you know, and then they use integrity. They, they become consistent and they make themselves available so they can lead. But that's 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 a biggie for me, holding the young folks accountable. What you got, Coachy? Well, I think <clears throat> to piggyback on first what you said, Josh, is uh, keeping the holding the kids accountable. I think when we hold the kids accountable, it teaches them how to hold each other accountable. And that is a, uh, a, a quality of leadership. And then uh, what Micah said, let them have some ownership. Uh, sometimes we as coaches want to micromanage and we want to make sure that we paint these kids in a box. When the reality is if we're trying to um, do what we say, which is a lot of times, you know, I need leaders. I need leaders. We need to find somebody needs to step up and lead, whether it's by action, um, whether it's by being extremely vocal, whatever it is, we're looking for these leaders. Well, if the kids don't feel comfortable enough or don't feel like they have ownership within the organization or whatever it is, in whatever sport they're in, they don't feel like they can, uh, uh, I guess, display their their true leadership qualities because they believe that they'll be pulled back or, or, or maybe they don't feel as comfortable as to come out and say something to their um, teammates, Josh. Uh, yesterday when we were talking, you spoke about uh, uh, the kid in warm-up uh, when I was in walkthroughs. Um, speak about that real quick. Um, it gets into um, creating an environment for um, creating an environment where the student athletes can lead. Like we were going through our walkthroughs and our shoot around and um, we were reviewing the play and the kid was running the play wrong. And before I can admonish the kid and correct him, you know, one of the leaders of the team was like, yo, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong. Uh-uh. Do it like this. Wait on the screen. Matter of fact, run it again. Do it over. So he corrected the kid and demanded that he run it, run it again. And when your team begins to lead themselves, and it's a very, like, articulate, smart, bright young kid, um, Daniel Harper Finney, you know. You know, and when those kids start to lead themselves, our jobs as coaches – becomes a little easier but let me and that let me, gets into environment yeah let me inject real quick but <clears throat> you created that environment right whereas not only did the kid feel comfortable leading but the other kids felt comfortable enough to not go back at him or feel some type of way or have an attitude because a lot of times today when kids speak up uh, to one another or they're talking not at or you know or or they're trying to lead you got a kid that's trying to lead he's trying to step up it's not received well by his teammates and a lot of times his attitude oh he's trying to be all that oh he's trying to be a kisser oh he's trying to be a sucker well <coughs> excuse me in this day and age in which kids are extremely as we spoke about a couple of episodes ago extremely privileged and you can you can catch them talking back to their parents for this kid to have said something to another kid on his team and the other kids go, okay, let's get it done. That's a testament to the environment that you've created there. And I think that there's a lot of school, there's a lot of teams in, in, in basketball, football, uh, baseball, uh, uh, soccer, you know, that don't have that. And those are the teams that very frequently do well 
because the kids cannot hold each other accountable. That was that accountability. Not only is it environment, it's about the ability to hold each other accountable. And that is a a, a very, very um, under under underappreciated uh, uh, leadership quality is the ability not only to give criticism, but to take it. Being able to take what somebody else is saying to you, especially when you're on the same level, because we can say it all day and the kids will be fine. They'll still have a little attitude here and there, but they know they can't really say nothing. But if another kid, another teammate, somebody who they're in the trenches with says something for them to be able to take that in, that is huge. That is a great environment, actually. Micah, I've learned so much about environment from working with you these past four years. Um, talk to me about your environment and how it promotes leadership. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and, and again, I appreciate you those words because I mean, the same, same, same comes from you watching you. And I think it's, it's develop again. It's developing that trust level with with, with your athletes, where where if they come in, if if some of my athletes come in and they're like, Coach, I my back's killing me, my my, my groin's hurting, uh, I'm just beat up. We've been going hard. It's in the middle of the summer. We've been going hard. Um, my body doesn't feel right today. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, in being able to read people and understand where they're coming from. And, and for the most part, I know my athletes want to get better in the weight room and they want to get bigger, faster, stronger. So when they do come to me with those with those concerns, I need to, as a coach, um, trust them that what they're telling me is true and give them some ownership and some and some and some leadership in order to. Uh, make some decisions on the workout for the day and modify the workout for the day. We as coaches, you guys as basketball coaches, me as a strength coach, we can't just write down our practice plan or the workout of the day and that's what's going to happen 100% to a T. No, we need to be able to monitor and adjust and I think that's one of the art of coaching and by being able to take a step back and trust our athletes, um, I think that's going to help um, that's going to help empower them to be to be leaders because they'll look at us and say, "Hey, I told Coach uh, this. This will, we were we're not ready to go squat four sets of three at ninety percent today." And Coach respected my opinion, and we took took a step back and did something alternate. We still got better, but we did something that ultimately is going to be the best for the team because of how we're feeling today. And and as the athlete says, "Hey." athlete that made this decision he's like hey coach trust me i'm going to be a little bit more of a vocal leader because coach believes in me um so i think that's one way that we can help cultivate um leaders and then i mean just going back to to you what you said um how you've learned observing me i mean i think observing you has been unbelievable how much you um the power i think we as coaches need to understand the power of words and the power of positive reinforcement to our athletes in front of their peers, in front of their team. And I think you do a great job of when, it, when one of your athletes does something that you like, you call them out on it in front of the entire team. Like when Daniel or Matt Matt or whoever you were talking about that said, hey, no, that drill, we, we didn't do it right. Just line it up and do it again. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that you at the, at the end of walkthrough, you called them out and said, that's right. what I need. I need people that do that. And so I think, I don't think I was great at that as a young coach. And, and I think observing you has made me more, uh, more uh, think more about calling kids out and giving them that positive uh, reinforcement because I've been able to see by observing how much, those, how much those words really mean to those kids. I mean, kids... Nowadays, we talk about the difference between kids now and before, and I think kids nowadays are have much, much, much less self-confidence uh, nowadays. They're much more insecure. And so those positive words and that positive reinforcement, I think, goes a long way in order to, in creating that trust level with your team and then cultivating leaders. Right, and, 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 I, understand, and I agree, Coach. That's why I actually, you know, you know, I don't want to sound weird here. That's why I get very, you know, sensitive when outside basketball coaches want stuff from my strength coach because it's like he does such a phenomenal job. And I'm like, hey, why are you looking at my strength coach? It's like having a wife. Like, why are you looking at my wife? Okay? Well, I mean, don't worry. If, here's don't the worry thing. about it. Hold on. Here's another thing. Here's listen. Listen. Thing. Listen. Even with um, 
what Coach Kurtz talks about. And, and Coach Kurtz downplays a lot of this, the unbelievable stuff he does. Like, he downplays it. And which which usually great people great at what they do does. But the environment, and I'm going to tell you what I've learned about environment. He creates a visual environment, a social environment, and, and not just just local social in the weight room or like it's, it's a social media environment and he creates an achievement environment you walk in the weight before you even get in the weight room you see iron falcons up on the wall okay so now we know the people whose names are up there is creating is promoting leadership because now someone else wants to be an iron falcon you walk in the weight room you see the records up on the wall and if i'm a young person that wants to be up on that wall, I'm going to push myself. And again, that's holding kids accountable and that's forcing them to become leaders within themselves. And before you know it, you have an environment that's just that's just unbelievable. And I and I told Coach Kurtz this, and, th and this is no shot at anyone. You know, our football team, and it's tough talking about coaches, we didn't do extremely well this year as far as what I was accustomed to since I've been at AC Floor. But if, we, if you would have walked in that weight room the culture of that weight room was not a team, was not one of a team that was struggling. So, and I told Coach Carr, I was like, oh, you're doing a phenomenal job because, like, the, the environment, like, kids were leading each other. They were pushing each other. They were promoting each other. They were encouraging each other. Yo, get low on that squat. Let's go fight through. So, environment, environment is so big when you're trying to cultivate, develop, and create leaders, especially with the young people um, that we deal with. But I got I got something I want to um, talk about. Coach English hit on it um, earlier. I think one way we can develop leaders is um, figuring out, um, like Coach Kurt said yesterday, figuring out what makes them tick. Um, I think we have to know how to recognize player strengths and what they do well. Um, there is no cookie-cutter form or method of leadership. Like, you can't think okay a leader has to talk like this or has to look like this that that mindset of um cookie cutter aspects of how things should look has kind of like changed in my eyes i think different people do different things well some people are vocal some people lead by example um i have a kid that leads by example every he's, he's the first to work out the last to lead doesn't talk much but he grinds harder than one of anybody that i have a coach so who you as coaches, we have to encourage what the kids do well, then they grow from there, and then they can become leaders. You know, some people organize well, some people um, encourage well, but leadership isn't doesn't just come in standing in front of people and um, talking and just talking in front of a group, getting them to um, follow directions. That's not the only way you can lead. Um, lead. Well, the, the issue there is... Um, we now got to figure the kid out. You know what I'm saying? And and you got to take time to get to know the kids because you might be asking a particular kid to do something that they might not be comfortable with doing. Just like you said, Josh, some of them are, are vocal where they're rah-rah guys, where they're, they're, they're not afraid to be in another kid's face. And they'll go, hey, man, listen, no, nah, that's not how it's going to go. Then you have those other guys, like you said, that come in first in every drill. They're in the gym when you get there. Um, uh, I have a kid on my team who, at if I'm not in the gym at six, he'll text me and say, "Hey, coach, where you at?" Because I, I'm here and I want to get in the gym. Right. And so when everybody comes in before school to get up shots, because I tell them they don't have to do that until seven, he's already been in there for an hour, and they come in and see him every morning. And the funny thing is, they go, "Well, you know." Um, how he get here so early? I said, his parents drop him off. Now, is this the best kid on the team? Is this the most talented kid on the team? He, yes and no. And But he's in there no matter what, um, um, grinding and working and working and working. So I, I think that's him. He's not a real rah-rah guy. He's a person that you're going to see all the time. Then I have a rah-rah guy. Uh, my big boy, Karant, like he's he leads by emotion. He plays with a lot of it, and he plays with a lot of fire, and he's actually changed a little bit, so I'm proud of him. Shouts out to him. Um, but he leads by 
he's more of the vocal guy. Even if you're not going to listen, he's going to say something. So, but it took me some time to get to know them to kind of foster and tell them, hey, look, man, however, you know, however you lead, you lead. So, <laughs> funny story. So, Karan <laughs> has an issue because he doesn't know. He's a rah-rah, in-your-face kid. So, he doesn't know that you have to talk to people differently. And I have to explain. I had to explain to him the other day. I said, you can't expect to get the same thing out of JT that you're going to get out of Trey if you yell at both of them. JT is not a kid that you can talk to. You got to pull it. Hey, man. Hey, look, you made this mistake. Hey, come on. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to more talk to him. You can't yell at him. Trey doesn't care. It, Trey just wants you to, to relay to him what he's doing so that he can fix it. He doesn't care how it comes across or how it's done. So he's still learning how to deal with that. And I think that that's a big part of it is not only us learning the kids to foster their leadership qualities that they have and helping them to build on them and not only that, but teaching them how to use them effectively. Um, it's also the kids learning each other because then that goes right back to the environment of the kids learning each other so that they know how to talk to one another, how to communicate with one another, and how to lead one another. I think, that, I think that's 100%. You hit it right on. I mean, it's coaching is coaching is all about, it's, it, there's an art to coaching, and it's all about knowing your athletes and being able to figure out what makes them tick and so you can figure out how to maximize their potential as an athlete, how to maximize their potential as a person, and how to maximize their potential as a leader. And I think um, my final, uh, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, um, once you do develop that trust with those, with those athletes um, and get them to buy into your team goals, I think it's, I think if you want to develop leaders, you need to take a little bit of a step back um, and let that, that their leadership skills cultivate. And we talked about, I told you guys this story yesterday about, um, I heard Nick Saban speak at a conference a few years ago. And I mean, if you, if you don't know Nick Saban, I don't know Nick Saban. Uh, if you watch him from afar, you I would think he is a micromanager, everything. What I say goes, um, this is my way to do it. And he told a story about when he was uh, when he was in high school and he was uh, playing quarterback for his team, and his coach gave him a lot of uh, a lot of decision making power. And he called he actually called the plays for his team um, when he was a high school quarterback. And so he told a story about they were in a big game conference championship game and they were driving down they were down four and uh, and they were driving down the field and. They got down inside the 10, and it was like third and eight, uh, third and goal, and with like 10 seconds left, and so the coach calls a timeout. And Nick, but Coach Saban was like, man, thank you. And so he's like, ran over the sideline. He's going to, like, coach is going to give me uh, the play call, the play call, and everything's going to be good. And so we got over there, and his head coach was like, all right, Nick, uh, what you going to run? And Nick was like, I don't know. I was hoping you were going to give me uh, some, some input, uh, suggestion. And he was like, no, I 100% believe in your play calling, and I trust whatever play you're going to call. And Nick said, and Nico Saber was like, that was unbelievable when I realized the amount of trust level that my coach had in me. Um, and it, it, it just made me cultivate my leadership skills, and it's taken me, I've carried those, those characteristics with me now, 40 years ago or whatever, how old, however old he is, that he's really bought into cultivating leaders and taking it. I'm sure he has a very, he, I mean, I know he has a very type A personality, but he's been able to use those skills that he learned, that lesson that he learned when he was high school quarterback, that he needs to take a step back and empower his players at times. And, and I know just watching all these guys go on and do great things in the NFL and they come back to Alabama and stuff. I, I mean, I think he he's very much a player's coach. Does he hold his guys to a, a extremely high standards and an extremely high accountability? Yes, but I think he also gives them a lot of decision-making on the field, and that's the proof is shown on how unbelievable that team is. And uh, so I think we as coaches sometimes just need to take take a little bit of a step back and let our kids develop that leadership uh, skills and go ahead and uh, and, and watch them work uh, and, and trust the process that we've given them 
the characteristics to be able to be great leaders. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. And the last thing I want to talk about concerning developing or creating leaders as coaches is, um, and I want you guys' opinion on this, is getting kids to understand the isolation that comes with being a leader. A lot of times when you lead, you aren't going to make the most popular decision. A lot of times when you lead, you're going to have to kind of stand alone on some things. You, you truly believe in your heart and the hearts of hearts is right in what you believe in and you're going to have to stand alone at times and um I, and a lot of times like coach english said um earlier a lot of young folks shy away from leading because it puts you in an element of isolation because you know leadership is exactly that at times you know you have to make that decision that's not the most popular with the masses and i think that's something you really need to talk about with the young folks that you're um, turning into leaders because a lot of times you're going to have to stand alone when you lead. Yeah, it, because it's <laughs> what it says, lonely at the top. Like when you're when you're the person that's not afraid to say something or is not afraid to do something and be you and lead, it's going to be unpopular. It's going to be um, uh, uncomfortable. You are going to be alone. It, it's an uncomfortable existence. But at the end of the day, it the more uh, the more you go through it the more comfortable you become i think as coaches i think the first time i probably walked into a practice i was totally uncomfortable <laughs> you know as an assistant coach is different you just kind of oh well this is what coach wants so this is what we're going to do as a head coach i was extremely uncomfortable because i knew all of the expectations that were placed upon me and so i had to lead and do some things that were going to hurt kids feelings because as an assistant coach you could kind of be the person that goes it's okay all right he just wants you, you know coach just wants you to do this he or she just wants you to do that as a head coach it, you just want it done and so you have to hold the kids to a higher standard you have you have to stand alone and at first it became quite un it was uncomfortable and then as time goes on you become more and more comfortable with it that's why, like, now I don't even care. Like, <laughs> if your little feelings got hurt, they just got hurt. But the, the fact of the matter is you're not doing your job, and everybody has a job to do. So if, if I'm a leader, I can't go ignoring the job, then that makes me a bad leader. And that's how we end up with these coaches. There's, a player's coach is not necessarily a coach who lets players do what they want to do. A player's coach is one who, who holds them to a high standard. But the kids understand that they care about them, so the kids will run through the brick wall for them. You know, they don't demean them or talk down to them or, 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 or cuss them out and stuff like that. They continue to get the best out of them on and off the court. And they, they hope to cultivate an, uh, 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 an environment, going back to that, where the kids understand that coach cares, but he wants the best out of you. Because um, it's about production. And at the end of the day, the only way you get production is by doing doing everything that you possibly can at 100. percent And so, if I'm leading correctly, um, and 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 uh, it's going to be unpopular, it's going to be uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, uh, saying my assistant coach said all the, my former assistant coach used to say, "Well, you know, coach, if it breaks, you get both halves. So you <laughs> you kind of gotta just deal with it and do the best you can. So it, it's definitely a lonely existence, but. At the end of the day, shoot, it, the the other side of it is success if it's done correctly. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, Coach Taylor. And you hit on this a few weeks ago, Coach Taylor, when we talked about what it takes to be great. And it, if you want to be great, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be successful in anything you do, the majority of people don't want to be great. The majority of people are happy being average so if you want to be great you want to be a great leader you want to be a great athlete you want to be you want to go out and be a great ceo or a great coach i mean you're going to be people are going to look at you and they're going to think you're weird they're you people are going to look at you and say you're obsessed you're crazy you're not normal uh and you know right you know what they're, they're probably right yep. because if you want to be great that's not for normal people it's, if you want to be great, people are going to look at you and say, you're not normal. What you're doing is crazy. And that is correct because normal is not great. So um, you have to be willing to, 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 to offend some people when you, if, you're, if, you're a, if you're an athlete and you're, 
on a team and you're gonna call and you call out your peers for not doing for not touching the line for not running a play right for not going hard in the weight room that's gonna offend them they might not like you at first but if you do it the right way and then they see you and what you're doing and what you're putting in they're gonna they're gonna respect you and when you call them out they're gonna say okay He's doing everything coach is saying. He's going above and beyond. He's getting in the gym at 6 a.m. He doesn't miss workouts. If he calls me out, I got to listen to him. And so um, it's it, it's not easy, especially to be a leader of your peers. But if you want to be great, you need to first lead by example. And la- last thing, I, I remember I, myself and Coach Al were just talking about this kid um, a few weeks ago, Madison Stokes. I think Coach we mean Coach Hell were just talking about him. He said he was hands down the best baseball player to ever come to AC Floor, and Coach Hell has had some unbelievable ones. And he transferred into AC Floor his sophomore year, and we didn't have the culture in the weight room that we do now, where there were. I mean, I'll admit it, we didn't. Not everybody was as focused as I would have liked, and I think it's changed a lot now. Where the majority of kids understand the process and come in there and grind. But we had kids that didn't go as hard. And I remember Madison Stokes came, new kid in school. He was in one of my second block classes, and he did not speak to nobody and just was in there grinding nonstop, not talking. I remember two girls that were in the class were like, man, who's that new kid? He's so weird. He's like, he don't talk to nobody, and all he does is, all he does is, stay focused and work out and I was like yeah that's what you're supposed to do and he went <laughs> showed up and was grinding and kids were th- at first thought hey this kid's weird this kid don't talk to us he don't want to fit in da, da, da. <laughs> and he went and went from being the new kid in sophomore year to being the best uh, but, uh, high school baseball all-american homecoming king one of the most popular kids in school and that's, now he's starting shortstop for the University of South Carolina. And he came in, and he was new at the school, and he didn't, wasn't worried about fitting in. He said, I want to be great, and I'm not going to let anything in my way stop me from being great. And uh, again, like I said to, in the very beginning, and you said a few weeks ago, it's not normal to be great. So you have to be okay with people looking at you like you're not normal because you know what? You're not normal if you want to be great. No, you're... you're... You're not normal at all, and as as soon as you think you you're, you're trying to be normal, you're definitely not on the path of greatness. Your path of greatness is gone. It's it's, it's going to cease because it's, it's 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 no commonality behind the door of greatness. I'm going to continue to say that, but we are gonna go ahead and start wrapping things up, man, and, and do our shout outs. I'm going to give my first shout out to my family, my brother, author Jason Reynolds. Um. He was voted People Magazine World Sexiest Author. Um, I don't really know how to take that. Um, he, he's, he's the world sexiest author. Um, I saw it on my phone and I, I was dropping my phone and rolling my eyes at the same time. Um, but Jason, if you ever listen to if you listen to this episode. I know you were you were a guest on the show a couple of episodes ago. Um, God bless your sexy man. Keep being sexy. Yeah, shout out to you, Coach. <laughs> hey, shout out to my bro- Shout out to my brother too. He just started uh, this week. He started a new job. He's a he's a lawyer, and he just started. Uh, he is the vice president of legal affairs for a uh, company, U.S. Sugar, down in Florida. It's a great, big promotion. He's extremely excited for it. He's going to be doing a lot. Um, from the business standpoint of the of the company, and he's excited, and he and, and, and now he really he really wants to use um, some of the some of the opportunities that he's been given now to try and uh, start giving back to to two high school athletes, and me, myself, and him are, and, and hopefully you guys and some other coaches will be all working together um, on some new opportunities to try and uh, just try and get get develop young leaders and, and give. Give these high school and youth athletes the the best uh, opportunities possible. So shout out to my brother; he's doing big things. Yeah, that's that's big, man. Tell tell Luke I said 
Congrats by far. That that's that's huge. Um, what you got, Coach? You uh, shouts out? out first off to uh, well before we get to what I was gonna go to, uh, since we all talking about brothers. Um, uh, we if you listen to the show, you know my brother has mental health issues, um, and he doesn't have a, a, a lot going on positive right now. But he is he has been um, taking his medication and he's trying to head on. The, he's heading on the right path. And yesterday. Um, got a phone call from his son who he hadn't seen pretty much or spoken to since 2004. Um, and uh, they, his son invited him to take him to some anime thing at the Jacob Javits Center um, in uh, Manhattan, New York. And my brother at the drop of a hat, although he had nothing to do, was extremely happy and went. And, um, and that brings me to what I said yesterday. Uh, which is, you know, it's never too late to be a dad, no matter what it is. You're talking about 13 years of my brother not being in his life, and now he is, and it seems to be a great relationship. I, I that's not yesterday when I said it, I didn't see all the pictures they taken, and I spoke, I had a, did have a chance to speak to my nephew and my my brother, and both of them just were extremely ecstatic and happy, um, just to have spent a couple of hours with one another, and I'm hoping it's the beginning of something new but for all you dads out there that feel like hey man it's too late too much time has passed i can't reach out or if you're a child and you feel like you can't reach out to your father because you're angry or whatever go ahead and do it because you don't you never know the circumstances under which why the person was not in the in their life or reason why you were not in their life just go ahead and reach out and um it's never too late to be a dad so um that's the first one uh my second one a second shout out is to sc varsity and i'm gonna throw it to josh Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, shout out to SC Varsity. I was contacted by them um, this past week, and you know they're redoing their page. Um, they're also, you know, they're also known as um, Rivals.com, SC Varsity.com, SC Rivals.com, and um, our podcast is going to be one of the one of the features of the new page. So um, that was a um, really really good news. Um, little bit just a little bit more exciting than um Jason getting sexiest um author. Well that's very that's that's way more exciting than that. That's, well I want Jason to cover up some of his sexy off on no, you. No, no 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 maybe you can nope, get some of that nope, sex. Nope. I there's pause. Like there is no reason why any man's sexy needs to be rubbed off on me. Well, I am fine. Coach Kirk, what are you pausing for? You rub off on me all the time. See, you know that's, you guys gotta get rid of this middle school mindset pause, though. Pause, yeah, pause, pause. You know guys is there a big pause button we could just jump on? Because you're going a little bit too far over here, Coach. You need some of the sexy to be rubbed off. No, I'm though. good. I'm, I'm good. Try, I'm trying to help you. I don't need no man sexy. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm sexy. <laughs> I'm all right. But, um, <laughs> you know, shout out to SC Varsity. You know, it's not a done deal yet. Um, well, it's a yeah, done deal. It's a done deal in essence, but um, they're going to keep us. They're going to keep us updated with that. And um, it's, it's in motion. And once everything gets finalized, we will definitely – let you guys know. Um, so shout out to SC Varsity. Really appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, uh, shout out, shout out, to, shout out to all the, the listeners. I appreciate everybody that uh, that hits us up and uh, has uh, enjoyed the show. Definitely, uh, Coach Smith and uh, Coach Harling, Coach Purdy, our lacrosse coach, are some of our uh, most loyal listeners. Every every Monday, I normally uh, see them, and they're like, "Yo, awesome show, awesome show." So shout out to everybody who listens for sure. Yeah, man, we really appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, one last thing, and then we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Uh, the I am DJ Blaze Forever Foundation and um, the Hearts of High School Athletics will be feeding the homeless on uh, Thanksgiving Day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the Hartsville High School Arena lobby. Uh, people can come in; they could get some turkey, um, rice, green beans, gravy, and then there's something called chicken bog. And for the life of me, I've seen it, and I have. It's just chicken and a whole bunch of stuff in it. It looked like chicken soup, but it's thick as crap. So I have no clue. It's, it sounds like it gra- is, it's gravy. It is not gravy, man. It Stop. Gravy. You, what, it's, 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 you talk, it's, it's gravy. It you is, say you, you put it on rice, right? No, you can put it on rice. You can eat it by itself. That's it is great. not. We. we Anyway, no people make me mad. They always try to come up with these fancy names for the same thing. Well, I'm getting back to the point. We're gonna we, we're gonna let Josh. We're gonna let Josh lead in his lonesome place over there. That's great. Uh, 
<laughs> well, that's uh, if you want to know how to uh, how you can join, help, donate, whatever. Um, just hit up Coach English um, at 803-260-3454 or email us at the Staley and English Show. That's the Staley A-N-D English Show at gmail.com. Um, if you feel like donating, helping out, coming to volunteer, or if you just want to join the conversation, email us, man. We are more than happy to uh, uh, get all the emails that we get. If you want to uh, hit us up on Twitter at the SNE Show, make sure that if you just post it, hashtag the Juke. It is starting to gain some uh, some some uh, what's it called momentum there. Momentum. It's starting to get some momentum there. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with um. <coughs> The listeners wanting to hear me sing at the end of the episode. Well, go ahead. Yeah, Take yeah, us on out. Drop some Jodeci for got us. You. Now my baby is... <laughs> Don't, can't he can't even it. get through it. It's too... Now my baby is born healthy and strong. Hey. And we in with family. Hey. Oh, God. That's, that's not the note. That's not the note. Forever, my lady. Hey, man. Y'all God, God bless y'all, man. <laughs> Nah, it's too, it's it's, too, it's too, too early. early for this, man. Hey, but uh, put God first. Everything else will follow. Have a great week. Peace. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Y- y'all might have a relative in mind you want to send that to. Let me say it again. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Pride is the burden of a foolish person. John Wooden coached basketball at UCLA for a living, but his calling was to impact people. And with all those national championships, guess what he was found doing in the middle of the week? Going into the cupboard, grabbing a broom, and sweeping his own gym floor. You want to make an impact? Find your broom. Every day of your life, you find your broom. You grow your influence that way. That way you're attracting people so that you can impact them. Final lesson. Son, if you're going to do a job, do it right. I've always been told how average I can be. Always been criticized about being average. But I want to tell you something. I stand here before you, before all of these people, not listening to those words, but telling myself every single day to shoot for the stars, to be the best that I can be. Good enough isn't good enough if it can be better. And better isn't good enough if it can be best. Let me close with a very personal story that I think will bring all this into focus. Wisdom will come to you in the unlikeliest of sources, a lot of times through failure. When you hit rock bottom, remember this, while you're struggling, rock bottom can also be a great foundation on which to build and on which to grow. I'm not worried that you'll be successful. I'm worried that you won't fail from time to time. Person that gets up off the canvas and keeps growing that's the person that will continue to grow their influence. Back in the 70s, to help me make this point, let me introduce you to someone. I met the finest woman I'd ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, we'd have called her a brick house. This woman was the finest woman I'd ever seen in my life. There's just one little problem. Back then, ladies didn't like big old linemen. The blind side hadn't come out yet. <laughs> they, they like quarterbacks and running backs. We're at this dance, and I find out her name is Trina Williams from Lompoc, California. And, and we were all dancing, and we're, we're just, just excited. And I decide in the middle of dancing with her that I would ask her for her phone number. She, Trina was the first one. Trina was the only woman in college who gave me her real telephone number. <laughs> The next day, we walked to Baskin and Robbins ice cream parlor. My friends couldn't believe it. This has been 40 years ago, and my friends still can't believe it. We go on a second date, and a third date, and a fourth date. Mm hmm. We drive from Chico to Vallejo so that she could meet my parents. My father meets her, my daddy, my hero. He meets her pulls me to the side and says, is she psycho? But anyway, (laughs) we go together for a year, two years, three years, four years. By now, Trina's a senior in college. I'm still a freshman, but I'm working some things out. (laughs) I'm so glad I graduated in four terms. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan. (laughs) 
So now it's, it's, it's time to propose. So I talked to her girlfriends and it's California, it's in the 70s, so it has to be outside. You have to have a candle and you have to have, you know, some chocolate. Listen, I'm from the hood. I had a bottle of Boone's Farm wine. That's what I had. She said yes. That was the key. I married the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Y'all ever been to a wedding and even before the wedding starts, you hear this. How in the world? And it was coming from my side of the family. We get married, we have a few children. Our lives are great. One day, Trina finds a lump in her left breast. Breast cancer. Six years after that diagnosis, me and my two little boys walked up to mommy's casket. And for two years, my heart didn't beat. If it wasn't for my faith in God, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for those two little boys, there would have been no reason for which to go on. I was completely lost. That was rock bottom. You know what sustained me? The wisdom of a third grade dropout. The wisdom of a simple cook. We're at the casket. I'd never seen my dad cry. But this time I saw my dad cry. That was his daughter. Trina was his daughter, not his daughter-in-law. And I'm right behind my father about to see her for the last time on this earth. And my father shared three words with me that changed my life right there at the casket. It would be the last lesson he would ever teach me. He said, son, just stand. You keep standing. You keep standing, no matter how rough the sea, you keep standing. And I'm not talking about just water. You keep standing. No matter what, you don't give up. And as clearly as I'm talking to you today, these were some of her last words to me. She looked me in the eye and she said, it doesn't matter to me any longer how long I live. What matters to me most is how I live. I ask y'all one question, a question that I was asked all my life by a third grade dropout. How you living? How you living? Every day, ask yourself that question, how you living? Here's, here's what a cook would suggest you to live this way. That you would not judge. That you would show up early. That you'd be kind. That you'd make sure that that servant's town is huge and used. That if you're going to do something, you do it the right way. That, that, that cook would tell you this. That it's never wrong to do the right thing. That how you do anything is how you do everything. And in that way, you will grow your influence to make an impact. In that way, you will honor all those who have gone before you, who have invested in you. Look in those unlikeliest places for wisdom. Enhance your life every day by seeking that wisdom and asking yourself every night, how am I living? May God richly bless y'all. Thank you for having me.